0: Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Shane Foss about building and motivating your team during times of uncertainty. Shane Foss, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Oh, thank you, uh, Jonathan. Really looking forward to joining you. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have the chance to talk with you today. I'm excited to have this conversation. We're going to be focusing today on something that I think is very timely and important for every organizational leader to consider right now after we've gone through this year-long pandemic uh, situation and this difficult context that we've all been a part of. And that is building and motivating your team during times of uncertainty. Now, certainly that doesn't apply exclusively to the pandemic. Uh, There's disruptions and uncertainty around us all the time. And that's going to be with us long after we've gotten everything under control with the pandemic situation and people are vaccinated and and things kind of open back up. Uh, But the reality is uncertainty is one of the the most certain things that we have in life. We know that change is constant and we know that there will be disruption. And so we need to figure out how we can best uh, manage and facilitate uh, organizational success within that context. So that's what we'll be exploring together today. As we get started... I just wanted to share Shane's bio with everybody. Shane Foss built himself into the business leader and innovator he is today through more than 20 years of tenure as an executive in the medical industry. With humble beginnings at the University of the Incarnate Word, Shane would go on to earn an MBA from Rice University with lessons that would last him a lifetime. A veteran of the United States Air Force, where he completed a surgical technologist certificate, Shane would use his love of medicine to fuel his venture into the private sector. Placed in notable leadership roles such as the chief commercial officer of ProNerve, the chief financial officer of Employer Direct Healthcare, and partner at Castle Development Group, he'd worked to negotiate complex multi million dollar contracts, work in device sales management, create business strategies, and optimize PL before starting his own business, targeting affordable healthcare. Named Hooray Health. At at Hooray Health, Foss and his team focused on offering peace of mind to lower income individuals and families who face medical challenges, while also providing business owners with an affordable way to reward and retain employees. Again, uh, it is a real pleasure to have you, Shane. I think it's incredible what you've done in your career. And I look forward to exploring uh, this topic with you today. Before we launch in, anything else you would like to share by way of background, personal context um, that kind of would then lead us into our conversation? Yeah,
1: no, I, I, the only thing I would say is, uh, you know, I think um, uh, you're, what, what you do, like for young, young people listening is, you know, how you start your career certainly isn't how you end your career. But, you know, what happens in between, you just got to take everything as a learning experience and enjoy it and uh, just know that, you know, you're going to constantly grow. And if you have that attitude,
0: you know, you're going to do fine. Yeah, well, I, I love that. I think that's a great way to a great foundation, a great way to start this conversation. Uh, it, it it speaks to me of a growth mindset uh, where you just have a lifelong learning paradigm and recognize that you, you know, the life is going to throw stuff at you that you can't even predict, uh, and we we yep. got to learn how to be flexible and roll with the punches, and and learn and grow. And if we kind of have that that flexibility built into our uh, approach to life, then then we'll be just fine, uh, and and we will have opportunities to pivot and to go in new directions. And my experience has been that most of the time, you know, while I have not had a linear path, you know, few people have had a, you know, directly linear upward path. And, and, you know, through their career, we zigzag and we go uh, in different directions. Um, And at times where I felt disappointment, because things didn't work out the way I'd hoped or the way I'd planned. In hindsight, as I look back years later, usually, it actually ended up working out much better Um, than what I had even hoped for originally. So, you know, we just need to be open to it. We need to be patient. We need to grow into new roles and opportunities and and we'll be in good shape in the long run. Yeah, well, I I think that um, that
1: flexibility goes really with our our topic today, which is, you know, managing through difficult times. Um, Having the, really the mindset and the flexibility um, uh, to be positive, and to understand what the issue is, and then being able to communicate that with your team, I think is key to success there.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So understanding that kind of doing all of this in a in a context of uncertainty is the the backdrop to our conversation. Let's start by talking about building successful teams, sure. um, because I think there's a lot of of principles that we can follow. I mean, there, there's no one size fits all approach to how to put together a successful team, but there are consistent principles and things we should keep in mind as we start to establish. And you've done that in your own career and with your own, with your mm-hmm. company, putting yeah. together a winning team to help you be successful. So how did you approach it? Um, you know, starting from scratch, trying to put together this, this, uh, effective team that can work together. Well,
1: any entrepreneur will tell you that,
0: um, uh, it's, uh, it's the most
1: challenging and most important job that you're going to have. For me, I've been very lucky that uh, over the course of my career, I've made such good friends and worked with wonderful people that um, I was able to bring a few of them with me on this journey with me with hooray. But, um, you know, when you're looking at your team, it's really, I think there's a couple things is, um, first of all, anybody that tells you that, you know, they hire, you know, 75% you know work out and blah 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 it's all BS i'm just going to tell you i think the probably the most humbling thing that i've ever been through is is the hiring process and and it is um you know man a lot of times you know you're shooting at you know less than 50% and and uh, and and that's and that's really good and i think that um the the biggest the biggest thing is when you're looking at um, when you're looking at hiring, really identifying what you really need, what skill sets you need. So, and what I mean by that is, and I'll give you a great example. Is um, so we have a CFO role that we had to fill, and I'm a small company, we're a startup, so I, I can't, you know, the right person is not a CFO that's been at. A multi-billion dollar organization that has always had excess money and never had to worry about raising money. And you know, that's that's not who you want. So it's so me finding somebody that is incredibly smart, that has the skill set from a financial planning and financial reporting and is one thing. But then I've got to have somebody that is really willing to take a risk, somebody that understands raising money, understands budgeting, understands how to communicate with people, you know, hire teams. I mean it's it's a completely different skill set. So so I think first is really identifying who you need, uh, you know, and what skill sets they you know they need to have. And then um and then going from there and then being patient in the process. Unfortunately, it I think the the, if I could say one thing about people that aren't successful in hiring is that they're not patient. Um, you know, for every single salesperson I've hired, I interview at least 10, if not 20 people. And then I get multiple people to interview them. And then that way you get multiple perspectives. And then you can, you know, th- then you can, uh, um, you know, collectively choose who you think is going to be successful because if you bring other people in, they've got ownership in making that person successful, and so um, hiring is uh, is is definitely a challenge and an art. Uh, but I I would think really you know understanding what you need and then understanding um, that you need to be patient in that process is uh, are two keys that really I live by.
0: Yeah, and I I think that's right, and it probably sounds like obvious and overly simplistic to just say, know what you need, but <laughs> the, the number of times, you know, I've talked to leaders who think they need one thing and, mm-hmm. but they really need something completely different, or they're just, um, they're, they're resurrecting an old job description that maybe they used the last time they hired someone three years ago. And this, and so they just post the same thing that they use without updating it. That happens a lot. Right. um, or yeah. you know you just you have to you have to know what your actual objectives are, what you're trying to accomplish, and what what the ideal composition of this team would be with the right skill sets and competencies. You have to be very clear-eyed about that. Um, otherwise, you're going to go after the wrong people, and you can have a really thorough process of screening and vetting and interviewing but if you're if you're targeting the wrong type of person through that process once they get on your team it's not going to work out and it's not going to be a fit for them or for you and it, they're not right. going to last right um right. I, I, as you were describing that i was thinking of the old uh, oceans 11 movie uh, if you recall with with uh George Clooney and Brad Pitt and there's just right. there's a scene towards the beginning of the movie right at, right after they talk to the the rich um the the millionaire uh casino dude and they're trying to get funded to to do their heist and then they go out and they start to identify who's going to be members of their team and right. they, and it's actually a really fun clip from an organizational and HR perspective because obviously this is for something they're going to be going to to uh, rob casinos it's illegal right um but but they're putting to, they're being very thorough and thoughtful about exactly what they need why they need it who's available how is how are they going to fit together and and if you watch it from that lens this 10 minute clip is like a case study of exactly right. what you should be doing and <laughs> putting together a really great team for a, a right. startup venture uh, so i so i really love that um and it speaks to exactly what you were just describing But it's not; it's easier said than done to actually clear, be clear-eyed, and identify what you actually need within your organization. And so many right. people get sucked into the trap of, of like you were just saying, um, you know, you need a CFO. Well, okay, let's go, let's go hire for someone who came from a top ten school who has, you know, XYZ um, experience at top corporations or whatever. And you you start to get sucked into um, this false. A sense of of security around credentials and uh, experience that doesn't actually necessarily translate over to what you actually need in the organization at this point in time, and that takes right. a level of self acknowledgement, like self reflection, uh, and and perhaps being aware of your own personal biases, um, you know, in order to acknowledge that and to be able to to set those things aside so you can actually get who you need and not not be Uh, not be distracted by the shiny lights of maybe a degree from, you know, an Ivy league or, or whatever. Maybe you do hire someone who who went to an Ivy league or someone who had experience at a great corporation, but that in and of itself doesn't actually, that's not the reason. And that's not what you'd be looking for.
1: Sure. Absolutely.
0: So you, you, you put all this, this focus, this effort into getting the team together And once, let's assume we're successful and we we get a really great team Mm -hmm. pulled together. We have the right people. And as Jim Collins says, you get the right people in the right seats on the bus so you can move forward. Um, How, at that point, do you continually motivate them and help them to form a cohesive group that can work well together? Um, That's hard to do in the most kind of uh, predictable times. But when you're in a startup, that's an uncertain kind of a situation. And you you layer that on top of the middle, being in the middle of a pandemic, that's a ton of uncertainty. How have you um, worked to motivate your team in that kind of a situation? Yeah, so,
1: you know, communication, obviously, Zoom, you know, being on video with everybody, it, it's not the same as being together. But, um, you know, just communicating, letting people know what's going on, you know, and depending on what level, right? So, if you look at our executive team, uh, you know, all of us we're we're talking and collaborating on a daily basis, right? Um, and I think communication is always uh, number one, right? So when you, you know, when you start talking about um, setting expectations, you know, got one-on-ones with everyone on my team every week, and you know, you're um, on those on those calls, it's you know part of its business but part of it is relationship building and and you know me I've been in sales my whole life and so um you know I understand that ninety nine percent of everything is relationship based right and so you know from a motivation standpoint you know you um you can get in the trap of where you got to pay everybody you know the top salaries you can have all the you know the bonuses and everything you know that's part of it but the bottom line is they still want to they want to work with people that they like. They want to work with people that, um, you know, they've got skin in the game, right? Our whole leadership team that, you know, everybody's got skin in the game. So it's, um, you know, you know, that's, that's obviously a, a motivation, but again, it still boils down to, do you have a personal relationship with your team? Um, do they believe that you really care about them? And, you know, and it it's, um, it's one thing to say it, but it's another thing to, you know, show up at, you know, a parent's funeral to show up, um, you know, when, when they need you, right, and, um, and that's, you know, that's what, for me, you know, we're, our team is really a family, and, you know, families aren't always get, don't always get along, right, but it's okay, and, um, you know, I think one of the things, too, is with, uh, with a, a high-performing organization, it's, it's, your decision is not the ultimate decision all the time, right? I mean, it's, you know, taking feedback and understanding. And, you know, for me, especially with a startup, you know, what I needed was I needed people that were self-motivated, that were, um, you know, forgive my French, but get shit done people, right? They want, they want to get stuff done. It's not a, you know, hey, should I really do this? Should I, no, it's a, hey, Shane, this is what we really need to do. Um, and then it's making a decision and then executing. Um, you know, I have, I have some people on my team that I, I literally have the best leadership team that I've ever had in my 30 plus years leading teams. I've had, I've got the best team I've ever had. And so, you know, when you look at operations, when you look at, um, from a, uh, sales operations from, you look at a, a client operations, you look at sales, um, you know, I've got the best team I've ever had, uh, from a. CFO standpoint. And so, you know, it's um, it's really, you know, people at that level, they don't want a lot of instruction per se, right? They want, hey, aim the ship and then we're gonna paddle or we're gonna get the sails up and we're gonna get get it done, right? We're gonna swab the decks, we're gonna make sure this stuff is clean. And so, you know, my job is really from a mode motivating factor is understanding what motivates them and what motivates my team. 99.9% of them is they want to do their job really, really well. And they want the autonomy to learn and continually grow. And, uh, and that's what we offer.
0: Well, that's excellent. And what you're describing there is the opposite of, a micromanaging controlling kind of a style that you see in a lot of organizations. It's, it's actually one of the nice things of uh, the the startup environment oftentimes uh, is it, because it's just a startup, you're bootstrapping everywhere. You're, everyone's just working hard. There's lots of energy um, and mm-hmm. you don't have time or the ability or the expertise to micromanage what everyone else is doing, right? So you get good people, right. you, tr- you trust them, you give them autonomy and you you unleash them and then support them in doing really great things. And I think sometimes right. that starts to get sucked out of organizations as they grow and mature and get more established and, and, and you start to add more bureaucracy and more red tape. And, and I think that's part, partly a natural process that organizations go through, but it's, it's one of the reasons why I like being involved in more entrepreneurial endeavors because, you know, I I want autonomy. I, I, me as a worker and as an employee, I want autonomy as a leader. I want to give people autonomy. I want to, I want to um, approach them from a standpoint, like a starting point, of trust. (laughs) And, and I feel like if I can't do that um, either because they want to be told everything to do, or because I feel like I have to tell them everything to do um, then, then that's not going to lead to a high functioning, high, high impact team, right. And, and good outcomes for the organization. What it does is
1: it it does the exact opposite, right? So what happens is I worked um I worked with a group where I bought a business and, but we were a, a distribution arm for a large organization, and they um, they had just brought in a bunch of GE people in the senior leadership. And oh my gosh, I, I've never, like, literally, they wanted to tell me how to uh, do everything and what I was doing all day. And I was like, wait a second, <laughs> you know, you know, just give me the guidance, right? Hey, this is this these, this is the route we want to go as an organization and let's get us there. Right. And that's not, you know, it was, it it was too much. Hey, we need to have a meeting to plan the next meeting to plan the next meeting. Right. And then there was this report and this, right. You know, and I, one time I told him, I was like, I I'm, we're spending so many, so much of our time building reports to talk about what we should be doing. (laughs) Right. I mean, it makes no sense. And then, you know, you get this vicious cycle and then, then people aren't performing and then they're scared to do anything and it's like oh my god i mean i it was too much and you know you um i think the the biggest mistake leaders um do you know in their organizations is is um when people make mistakes they just crucify them right and it's just and i'm the exact opposite i'm like okay all right if this was a big mistake. Let's How do we, how do we fix it? But let's make sure you learn from it, right? If you don't learn from it, then you're, then we've got an issue. But, you know, letting people make mistakes, it's, it's okay, right? I mean, but let's acknowledge it. Let's learn from it and move on. And that's how you grow, right? But, um, you know, I've been in organizations that love that. I mean, I was with Striker Orthopedics forever, best organization I've ever worked with. And, um, and they were, they were fantastic. You know, you make a mistake. It's like, okay, guys, Hey, so you made a mistake. Here's, you know, here's the consequence. Here's how do we fix it? How do we do this? And then you don't do it again. Right. And, uh, and they support you and, you know, that's all, it's all, you know, and you grow and you do better. And then I was with another organization that wasn't like that. And it was, you know, it was, (laughs) you know, your credibility was shot and you're like, wait a second you know, it's just, yeah, it's crazy. So I think, you know, letting people fail, giving them the autonomy to make mistakes. Um, but you know, you as a leader, you've got to make sure that they're learning from those mistakes, and they're not repeating those mistakes. And, you know, there's not, um, you know, there's not purposeful ignorance going on there, right, that they're learning from it. So
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely. Very well said. Well, Shane, it has been a real pleasure talking with you today. The time has flown by. And as I, as I note the time, yeah, I, I realize we probably need to wrap up. But I did want to make sure I gave you a chance before we close to share with listeners how they can get connected with you, how they can find out more about your company. And, and then give us the last yeah, word on the absolutely. topic for today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, so. You can find us at uh, uh, www.hoorayhealthcare.com. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, um, you can find me on LinkedIn, Shane Foss. And, uh, last word of the day is patience. You know, um, it's, uh, it is definitely a marathon. It's probably like an ultra marathon. Uh, and that's with your career. That's just with life. That's just with, you know, with anything you're doing, um, especially hiring. Um, but, uh, no, know, uh, know what, know what the problem is, communicate it and, uh, let your team fix it.
0: I love it. I love it. Well, thank you, Shane. It has been a real pleasure. All right. Thanks, Jonathan. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected uh, with Shane, find out more about what he and his organization can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week.